The Pac-12 tourney is set and due to begin today. The Beavs have the day off and we'll play tomorrow. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Beaver Man Beat Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode, where are we at, 28? Yikes. 28 of the Beaver Man Beat Podcast. Moving on, getting into our first postseason talk. I guess a little bit we did on the Beaver Hoops, but that was just that one game there against Arizona State. Hopefully, Beavs baseball can fare a little bit better in a Pac-12 tournament against the Arizona schools. Uh, it all kicks off tonight, like I said there in the intro. I guess today, the first game is the Oregon State pool. It's Arizona against Arizona State. Uh, so those two will have to play each other first. Regardless of who wins, Oregon State will play Arizona Wednesday morning. And then Arizona State will take on the Beavers on Thursday morning. Uh, as far as the uh, orientation of the tournament goes, it's very kind of simple. It is the top nine teams from the Pac-12, which was Stanford, Oregon State, Washington, USC, Arizona State, Oregon, UCLA, Arizona, Cal, uh, leaving Washington State and Utah behind, uh, not making the trip out to Scottsdale this year. Uh, what a fall-off for the Cougs. They started the year so hot. Um, but, yeah, like I said, there will be three games a day, so really they kind of tried to eliminate trying to squeeze four into a day and then one backing up the other, and eventually you had that scenario where you're playing games at 7 o'clock. Uh, I guess that's not too late, but like more like 9 o'clock and things, uh, their local time first pitch, uh, which was definitely something that they were trying to avoid, and they did a good job of working with that. The game times will be the same all weekend or I guess all midweek for this the first game will be at 10 a.m the second will be 2 30 and the last game will be seven so plenty of time in between to get those games in and get the next game and the next teams on and ready to roll uh, the three pools obviously we just covered the Oregon State one with Arizona and Arizona State uh, you have got the Washington pool who they grabbed the three seeds so it'll be the three the four and the seven which is UCLA and USC, and then Stanford's pool is themselves Cal and Oregon. So kind of funny how it worked out regionally. Uh, both Arizona State or both Arizona schools are in the same pool. Both LA schools are in the same pool, and both um, Bay Area schools are in the same pool. So definitely all coincidental that that played out that way. But it is interesting that usually. You play those groups back-to-back. So, for example, the Beavs played Arizona and Arizona State back-to-back. You would have played Washington and Washington State back-to-back, so on and so forth. You play those two schools uh, series-wise back-to-back. So it'll be somewhat familiar territory for most teams here than playing those teams back-to-back. We will jump in and make predictions on all three pools. Certainly, we're going to start with the Oregon State pool. Uh, And it's really an intriguing pool. Uh, to kind of take a peek at Oregon State, obviously their season series, they lost the series to Arizona State down in Phoenix, and then it took the series against Arizona in a three-game sweep up in Corvallis, winning those games 2-1, to 10-4, and then 11-10. to 10. This was, I don't want to say his last, but this was one of the final really dominant performances that we saw out of Trent Sellers before he kind of had a hit the rough patch there towards the end of the season and eventually get bumped back in the 
rotation. I don't think that's there to stay. I think that was just kind of shaking things up and seeing how it worked out. And I thought Ben Ferrer looked really good coming in as the starter there. I guess more so like an opener, if you will, uh, with some of the MLB teams have started to use a reliever to get the game going and then bring on a starter, in quotes, if you will, to carry through and bridge the gap to those later innings to bring on the rest of the bullpen guys. That could be a route that I see Canem and Dorman going with Trent Sellers specifically and maybe a little bit of Kamats. I, I don't think we're going to see Jaron Hunter the rest of the season. I know there's a lot of hope there for it, and it would be huge to see him back. I just think if, if he was going to be back at least enough to make a, an impact through the rest of the season, he would have already started playing again. If he does get back and can play, he'll he'll be on inning restrictions for sure. So a bit of a bummer there, a big loss going into the postseason here. But Trent Sellers, the Beavs won that game 2-1. to one. It was a very tightly contested game all the way through. And I believe the Beavers didn't put up any runs against that Arizona team on the Friday game there. Yeah, both runs came in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, and that was kind of the game that I highlighted and pinpointed as being the one that really turned the season around for the Beavers coming off a tough series loss against Arizona State down there where you scored, uh, let's see what they score here, 28 runs over the weekend and lost the weekend. You don't see that too often. So for the Beavers to then come back and get a shutout through eight innings, uh, it's easy to kind of pack up the bags and, and go home and try and come back on Saturday and play better. But a huge bounce back win. They put the two across in the bottom of the ninth, walk it off, and take game one of that series, and then they go on to win rather comfortably on Saturday and pull one out on Sunday that was also a, a pretty impressive victory there. And that kind of kick-started the season. They would then go on to take the series over Utah, take the series over UCLA, and that has pretty much got us to where we are at now. But ever since that first game there, they've gone on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, and 3 on the way out. So uh, really a, a kind of crucial turning point there for the Beavers to get them to where they are. They finished 39-16, and 16, which I think if you told the Beaver fans that after the first little stretch of the season, uh, they would be rejoiceful. Uh, it did seem to be a little hairy there after losing the first five conference games. Um, if you take those conference games out, those for that first series, uh, that leaves the Beavers at 17-7. and seven. A very, very strong conference schedule. And then that result to be there, and even finishing 18-12, and 12, only two games off of your pace last year, it is really, really an impressive feat for such a young team. They'll go into that game, I who's to say is going to get the start on Wednesday morning? Against Arizona, I think they will end up going with Sellers. And this is going to be kind of a tricky one because you're going to have to balance this out. You got the game Wednesday morning, game Thursday morning. And then if you can win both of those, you're automatically moving on to my best guess. I don't know how the seating exactly is going to work for the tournament play at the end. The Final Four will play in a single elimination tournament. But I think that the Beavers are going to need to get to, to that final in the tournament if they want to secure any shot of hosting that is. Uh, so I believe it'll be a total reseed 
after the first pool play. So if uh, if Stanford wins their pool, which I expect them to, uh, with Oregon and California, they will then take the wild card team, which is up for grabs. USC has a good route to it. I don't. Washington also has a pretty good route to it if they can't win their the their pool there. It's all going based off of record after your two pool play games. So ideally, you'll have a team that's 2-0, you'll have a team that's 1-1, and and you'll have a team that is 0-2. I'm sure we will get at least one that has three 1-1 teams in there and kind of caused some confusion there. But thankfully, the Pac-12 made it easy. They didn't do any run differentials or anything like that for tiebreakers. It's just your seeding from the first uh, from the regular season. So Oregon State has a pretty comfortable space right here. It's really if Oregon State can just win one game between the two against Arizona and Arizona State, they've got a good shot to move on. I do think if they lose one, they will probably kiss goodbye the chances of hosting. I think you'd need a three and zero start here which would include a win over a Washington, a USC, or a UCLA to get to the Pac-12 championship and run into Stanford. If they win the thing, then they are for sure hosting, in my opinion. Uh, I think those those four wins there will boost your RPI. Winning the Pac-12 tournament has to look good to the committee that decides who gets to host all of the spaces here and hosting the regionals. I'm hoping the Beavs do it. I, I've applied for my my allotment of tickets for the regional. If they if they can pull it off and get the regional into Corvallis, and I think they've got a good route to do so. I think not having to meet Stanford with any time soon until the championship plays um, a quite a large part in in that there. But enough of. Previewing what the pool looks like and what the tournament looks like, I will get into making the predictions here. I do think Oregon State wins their pool 2-0. Arizona State's going to be a tough game. We saw what those offenses can do together down there in the desert, which is exactly where we would be. Uh, let's get a quick preview of the weather for the week. I'm sure it's not going to be cold. And look at there. Tuesday high of 100, Wednesday high of 99, Thursday high of 99, and Friday high of 97. I think the Beavers kind of hit the lottery getting the 10 a.m. games. The 7 p.m. games, obviously nice as well. Temps are still going to be hot come first pitch, though. I think things will still be ramping up a little bit come 10 a.m. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be cool out there by any means, but hopefully the Beavers can get out of the sun before that midday heat really starts to take hold. Um, i got to give a, a tip of the cap to the, the Washington region. I'll call it because I've said pool about 100 times in this episode already. That Washington region for the Pac-12 tournament, they're playing all the midday games. That is going to be taxing. Whichever team is having to face them, or whichever team comes out of that pool, is is going to have a tough, tough sled in their next game. Especially if it is UCLA, that seven seed, because then they will most likely be given the nod to play against Stanford unless Arizona somehow makes it out of Oregon State's bracket there. Um, the Stanford region, the Stanford bracket, Stanford pool, I think, surprisingly, I, I take Stanford, and then I think Cal beats Oregon, and I think Stanford beats Oregon here. Oregon just hasn't been the same ever since Jay Stofall has kind of been missing. 
no one really knows where he's at. I talked about it briefly with Ryan Harlan a couple episodes ago. A bit of a kind of, I don't want to say crash, but it was kind of a crash and burn end to Oregon season there. They were in very much so in the picture for hosting a regional just two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. Any chance and hopes that they had of that are well gone. They were swept in the meantime. They didn't take a final series over Utah, but almost every other team in the Pac-12 also took the series over Utah, with Washington State being the exception there. So, and Cal played their way in. They battled tooth and nail. They took two of three from Washington, a good Washington team. They're not going to, they're not happy with just being there. They've still got a bit to prove, and if they can make a good run here, I think they've got a good gripe at seeing if, if they could uh, sneak their way in. I think now I'm looking at their record, that would, even if they get out of their pool, my guess is they're not going to beat Stanford, so that would still put them at 500. So they've got to win the thing probably to, to get out, but if they can beat Stanford, then they do have a shot to take that whole pool. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the three buys, buys one of the three top seeds, doesn't make it out of their pool. However, I think of the three, Washington is really the only one that's likely that happens to. They did play really well. They swept USC. I'm not sure. Oh, the UCLA series, I think they split. And then that was the one where the Sunday game got rained out. So they had a chance there to take series from both of the teams in their bracket. And it'll be interesting to see how Washington plays out. Washington will be obviously struggling the most with the Heat uh, coming down to play the two Southern California schools. Um, so in the pool A, I've got Stanford winning. I've got Cal in second. I've got Oregon taking third. Pool B, I've got the Beavers winning. I've got Arizona State second. And I've got Arizona in third. And then in pool C... I'm going to take USC to win, UCLA second, and Washington third, which would then mean that Arizona State is the the quote-unquote wild card that would move on. Then your final four, you would have Oregon State versus USC in one game. You would have Arizona State versus Stanford in the other, and the winners of those playing in the Pac-12 championship. It's going to be, um, in my opinion, really interesting to see how this plays out, especially with the picture of where some of these teams are sitting on the bubble-wise, whether that's a bubble of hosting or a bubble of even making the tournament. Um, as of today, the newest D1 baseball field of 64 projections, which just came out um, this morning, which is Monday morning, at the time of recording, they've got six Pac-12 teams in, but Arizona State is right there on the cusp. They are at 61 of the 64. So not a ton of space for Arizona State there. The other teams that they've got in would be Stanford, Oregon State, Oregon, uh, USC, and Washington are the other four schools that they've got in there, most of them being three seeds. With Stanford obviously hosting, they've got Oregon State going to Stillwater currently as a two seed. They've got, let's see here, Oregon's a three seed in the Clemson 
And the one that I'm missing is Arizona State. Where do they slot Arizona State at? The three seed down in Tuscaloosa. And then USC would be the three seed in Brighton, which is the Boston College Regional. So uh, somebody made a good point as well on Twitter this morning that the RPI does seem, even though it is a computer and a calculation system, there does seem to be quite a bit of an East Coast bias going on. There's only two teams in the top 30 in the on the West Coast in the RPI, and Stanford, I think, is number five, and then Oregon State is down there at 30. I think if the Beavs want to make a good push to hosting, like I said, I already told you what they need to take care of, and that is to probably get to the Pac-12 championship undefeated. Um, I would also think RPI-wise, they would need to move up to at least the low 20s. If you can get to the low 20s and mirror that with a top 15 ranking, which they have in most uh, publications, they're still number 10 in D1, and then the AP poll has them at 14. If they can crack the low 20s and kind of bump Connecticut or Eastern Carolina, who's really started the slide as of late, Campbell, West Virginia, these are all teams that are kind of on the bump there. So if the Beavers can make a good run, and especially win these games that they've got because these are, this is your last chance, obviously, to boost your RPI. And this is the best chance the Beavers have had to bump their RPI in a while. Um, ideally, oddly enough, it would really help for the Beavers to play Washington or an Oregon in that semifinal game just because their RPI is so much higher than Arizona and Arizona State. Both Arizona and Arizona State are currently. 50 and 55, ASU being 50th, Arizona State being 55th. And the way that the RPI works is in the quadrants. So 1 through 50 is the first quadrant. So ideally, because if Arizona State does lose the game this morning, they will drop below that uh, 50 mark on the RPI. So what you're going to want is to basically, I guess, Kind of a mute point, because if Arizona State loses to Arizona, I'm sure Arizona would then crack the top 50. Uh, but that's going to be the most important game right there, is whichever team you're playing in that is in the quad one. Uh, not that the team in the quad two is going to be uh, not nearly as important, but it doesn't hold as much significance in your calculation of your rating. Um, the Beavers are currently 7-7 seven and seven in quad one games this year. That is a number that... You're going to want to see a little bit higher if the Beavers are going to get considered for a hosting spot. Um, I think that is reflected in a couple of these, just with one school particularly that jumps off the page is Indiana State, who is number 10 RPI. They're 38 and 14 overall, but they are currently not slotted as a host because they're 2 and 9 against these quad one teams. So it's important to get those wins against the big teams. I've mentioned on Twitter that it was crucial for the Beavers to pull this two seed here so that they've got a tougher pool RPI-wise. Uh, for example, if they if Washington pulled that game out on uh, Saturday, some, yeah, Saturday, Oregon State would have been the three seed with USC and UCLA. And their RPIs, respectfully, are UCLA 62. And I must have missed USC because there's no way they're that far down. And USC is coming in at 51. So um, 
not much, but you need every last bit at this point in the season to get a regional two Corvallis. If you can get a regional two Corvallis, anything can happen. Uh, you're obviously going to be a favorite there. The Beavers are a very, very tough team to beat at Goss. They're boasting a home record this year of 23-6 and six versus just 12-9 and nine out on the road. So it's important, and it's hard to understate how important it is for the Beavers to get a regional to Corvallis in. Granted, if they do, it'll still be a 15 seed, a 16 seed, probably 14 at best, unless they win the Pac-12 championship. Um, and anything can happen. You're obviously paired up with tougher regionals on the other side for a super regional matchup. But in the game of baseball, any of those teams can lose twice. And if it is the host team that loses twice, that Super Regional is now coming back to Goss. Back-to-back -back years, having a Super at Goss would be huge. And like I said, with how good the Beavers are at home, being able to have a team, especially if it is a 16, a 15, or a 14, every team in those Regionals are going to be on the East Coast. So they're going to have to come way out to Goss. Obviously, Auburn did it last year, so it's not a shoe-in, but it definitely gives you a foot up on a lot of the competition there. Um, and then you win two out of three, and you're on your way to the Holy Land, which is the goal in Omaha, Nebraska. So the door is still open for the Beavers. By no means is it shut, but is by no means is it uh, also, though, easy to get there. It's, it's going to be a challenge and a bit of an uphill battle. They're going to have to... The pitching is going to have to really come around. The The bats are rolling. Obviously, the Western Carolina series was a nice little weekend for the Beavs to put things together and really wake the bats up, but that is pretty poor pitching that you're facing on, on the Western Carolina front. So it that's another space where hosting a regional will come in because that means you're guaranteed to play that four seed, which... You know, no offense to teams that play in those conferences that winning it gets you a four seed, but it is usually um, some poorer pitching, some weaker pitching, and then you don't have to worry about having a stellar game on the mound in game one. So you can rest maybe your ace, you can rest your quote-unquote Friday guy for a game two matchup against a two or a three seed. Um, so there's a lot going into it, and it is just the beginning as we start to kind of crank down and get closer and closer to the end of the Pac-12 season and the beginning of the NCAA regionals, which is one of my favorite times of year, switching on all of the broadcasts, channel to channel to channel, always electric environments, as long as the home team's playing. Some of those games where it's like a 3-4 and an elimination game and their crowds is like maybe 10% full, those ones kind of suck. But once we get later into it and you get down to the final three, especially, and especially if that home team is playing an elimination game, those games are absolutely electric to watch. Stanford's regional last year was fantastic. They were down to their last three outs twice, I think. And they made some magic happen, came back, and obviously they made a run all the way to Omaha because of it. So... It's going to be a real fun time of the year if this is your first time kind of tuning in in-depthly to the NCAA baseball postseason. Buckle up if you thought the NBA or the NHL has been something else this year. Um, this There really is nothing like this with the atmospheres, with the emotion that these kids are playing with. Uh, for some of these guys, especially if they're seniors, this is the last time that they'll play competitive ball um, unless you're getting drafted. And even if you are getting drafted, 
you've got double A games at triple A maybe, uh, which don't get me wrong are meaningful, but sometimes this is your, your last chance to play really big time baseball. Um, so these kids definitely play like it. They've got their heart on their sleeve and they're they're running every ball out. They're making plays. They're they're laying their bodies on the line. So uh, I'm I'm more and more excited by the day to talk about it and to get into it. Hopefully the Beavers can stay in it for as long as possible so we can continue to talk more and more about it. Um, I've got some guests and collaborations lined up moving forward as we get closer to the tournament that hopefully you guys will enjoy. Uh, we'll get some insight as well as just some some top-class conversation going as we head into it. If you're looking for more college baseball content and things about the tournament if you're intrigued um, 11.7 is a fantastic podcast they talk about a lot of national stuff um, and then as well as the d1 baseball mark Atheridge, kendra rogers and aaron fit they do a good job um, on their podcast as well always you should always be checking out college baseball central um, if you're not already like i mentioned get onto it um, because uh, mark garland and their team Garland, a big Beaver fan, so you always got to give him a nod there. Um, but they are doing a lot for the college baseball community as well. Um, it's growing faster and faster and more and more. Um, so get on board now because this is kind of the next big thing, in my opinion. It seems like year by year, interest grows, and I can't recommend getting out to a College World Series in Omaha enough. Um, even if your team's not playing in it, even if the Beavs aren't in it, get out there. It's absolutely a party. Uh, and just a great time, good weather, a lot of good baseball, and the culmination of a long season for these college students. Uh, so very, very exciting time of the year. But we will be back for the next episode on Thursday, which will be, we'll probably do a little bit of a, a live recording during game one. I'll have that on while I'm recording, so we'll get a little bit of a insider access. That's something I've never done before, just because those games usually played at night. So at the 10 a.m. first pitches, um, that should be should lend for some interesting uh, conversation there, some interesting interjections and things of that sort. Um, but it it is it is here. the The postseason has arrived. Um, kick your feet up today. Enjoy the day off, Beaver fans. Watch a little bit of baseball if it intrigues you. The Ducks play at seven p.m. They've got the late game against Cal, uh, but we are really just getting into the best time of the year. I can't overstate it enough really but uh, I will leave you with that I will talk with you Thursday and then the following Tuesday obviously we will recap the Pac-12 tournament and we will know by that time whether the Beavers are hosting or heading out on the road and we'll start to have some more guests on and talk a little bit more about the scale of postseason baseball the scope of it and what it looks like for the Beavers but until then I am signing off. Hope you enjoy this episode and get a good start to your week. I'll talk to you guys Thursday. We're hopefully, we're recapping a Beaver win from that Wednesday morning game as we watch the Thursday morning game. But all right, I'm signing off. Have a good one. As always, go Beavers.